When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How are you, Katie? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Keith? I am. I it's we're barreling towards the end of the year. We've had year-end charts come out for Billboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas is just around the corner, and then we've got New Year's and end-of-year data from MRC data. It's just you know, it's that special magical <laughs> time of year. Right. <laughs> yes. When everyone thinks of that magical time of year, they're thinking about. The MRC data drop. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've lovingly joked about how it's like annoying that we have two big holidays fall around the same time that we put out big data dumps. So you know, New Year's comes along with the end of the calendar year to MRC data, and that involves a lot of work. And then also. July 4th, Independence Day, comes right around when we dump out the mid-year reports, and that comes yep. with a lot of work, too. I'm like, yo, can we just have, like, the mid-year happen in, like, I don't know, August? Why not? Nothing happens in June. Yeah, like, you know? March and August. Can That's the end of the year and <laughs> mid-year. Done. Okay. <laughs> Keith says it so now. <laughs> um, all right. Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. And this week, we aren't lying to you because we actually have a guest interview with Do a music star and someone who, ever? who is a folk from the world of pop as well. Indeed. Uh, today on the show, we're talking all about Billboard's recently revealed 2021 year-end charts. We'll be taking a closer look at the top artist and new artist of the year, as well as the top Billboard 200 album and Billboard Hot 100 Song of the Year. Head to Billboard.com to visit more than 450 year-end charts. Woo! I know. (laughs) Ranking the year's most popular artists, albums, songs, and tours on the weekly Billboard charts throughout the past year. And speaking of those Billboard year-end charts, today we have an interview with the woman behind the number one Hot 100 song of the year, Dua Lipa. Yay! The levitating pop star hopped on the phone with the pop shop last week to talk about her unstoppable hit song, finally touring around her future nostalgia album. 
getting back in the studio, and much more. So stick around for all that. And by the way, we recorded our interview with Dua a few days before December 3rd, which is when she announced that she had laryngitis, which in turn forced her to go on vocal rest and cancel her showing at the Jingle Ball in Los Angeles on Friday. So I'm glad we slipped that in and uh, and hope that Dua is feeling much better now and, and hopefully can bring her voice back to the world very soon. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Alrighty, uh, this week's show is going to be a uh, show dedicated completely to our year-end charts. Um, so Katie, if at any point you feel the urge to jump in and interject something, I encourage you to do so. I, you know, I love to do that. <laughs> well, uh, first up, on December 2nd, Billboard released more than 450 year end charts, recapping the year's biggest artists, albums, songs, and tours on Billboard's weekly charts over the past year. Who has come out on top as the top artist of the year? Why? None other than pop and hip hop superstar Drake. It's the second time he's taken home the honor, as he was previously the top artist in 2018. Now, Billboard's year-end top artist chart ranks the best performing overall acts of the 2021 chart year based on activity on the Billboard 200 Albums chart and the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, as well as Billboard Box Score touring data, and the 2021 chart year ran from the charts dated November 21st, 2020 through November 13th, 2021. And That's I, what Keith was talking about earlier. Yes. That we, our chart year is November to November, and then MRC Data gives the data in January. That is the typical you know, January 1st to December 31st chart year. It's like you read my mind, and this isn't scripted. I was going to point out how you know, our, the Billboard year-end charts are sometimes confused with MRC Data's year-end charts. And it's a fair confusion to have yes. because people just assume that we are one and the same, even though we are not. Um, and also because, you know, Billboard's year-end charts run basically sort of mid-November to mid-November. So it's kind of like November to November versus like the proper calendar year for MRC Data's charts. And also they have totally different kinds of charts than we do. We have the Hot 100. Yeah. They don't. It gets awfully confusing. So, for example, a great a, a great example of how our charts will absolutely be, be different is that on Billboard's year-end top Billboard 200 albums list, Adele's 30 is not even on it because it hadn't come out yet. But right. come January, in the first week of January, when we look at the year-end top 10 albums in terms of just sheer popularity that MRC data reports for the full calendar year, oh, you can bet your bottom dollar that 30 is going to be in the top 10. And look for it in our 2022 year-end charts in December. There you go. Um, all right, well, <laughs> during the 2021 chart year, Drake not only got his 10th number one album on the Billboard 200 with Certified Lover Boy, but he also placed 35 songs on the Hot 100. 13 of those actually reached the top 10. And in fact, at one point, he you know, made history with nine out of the top 10 songs on the weekly Hot 100 at the same time. And he had the entire top five at the same time, something that only the Beatles had ever done previously. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, during the chart year, he had more songs reach the Hot 100's top 10, top 20, and top 40, again, during the 2021 chart year, than any other artist. So, you know, it kind of makes sense that he's the top artist of the year. When yeah, the, the chart numbers shake out that way. It's just the way it works uh, out. Yeah. If you saw headlines on Billboard.com this year, you might have had an inkling that Drake was going to do okay. Um, Certified also finishes the year as the number five title on the year-end Billboard 200 albums recap, which some might be surprised at because the album only had nine weeks of chart activity towards the 2021 chart year. But in those weeks, the album was so big... Uh, in fact, when it debuted, it debuted with over 600 and something thousand units in its first week, which was the biggest week of the chart year. Again, this is before Adele came out. I was going to say, to that point. To that point. So that all helps, like, towards yeah. his his chart performance. So it all makes sense. And and uh, even though Certified Lover Boy didn't come out towards until the end of the year, he made up for it quite quickly. Yes. So Drake is naturally the year's top male artist. And... Then the top duo or group for a second straight year is BTS. Uh, they are actually the number 12 overall artist. And the South Korean group notched four number ones on the Hot 100 during the 2021 chart year, which is the most of any artist during the chart year, and scored its fifth number one album on the Billboard 200 with the chart topping debut of B back in December of 2020. And that album finishes the year at number 40 on the year-end Billboard 200 Albums chart. So we've covered the top artist overall. We've covered the top male artist. We've covered the top duo or group. But Keith, who is the top female artist this year? So glad you asked. (laughs) The top female artist is Olivia Rodrigo, and she's also our top new artist of the year. And... uh, She's finishing off an incredible year where she released her debut album, Sour, which spent five weeks atop the weekly Billboard 200 albums chart back in June and July. And that album launched a pair of number ones on the Hot 100 in Driver's License and Good For You. Sour finishes the year at number two on the year in Billboard 200 albums tally, while Good and License are numbers five and eight, respectively, on the year-end Billboard Hot 100 Songs recap. This is a good example to your point about, you know, Drake not having that much time on the year-end charts, whereas Olivia Rodrigo, like her entire, you know, existence on our charts has basically been in this calendar year. The driver's license came out in January and the album came out in the spring. And so they've had a lot of time to be there and, you know, you know, rack up number after number after number. Well, uh, 2021's year-end number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart is Morgan Wallen's Dangerous, the double album. Uh, The January release spent 10 weeks atop the weekly Billboard 200 in 2021, the most of any album since Drake's Views spent 13 weeks at number one in 2016. Notably, Dangerous is only the fourth country album to be the year-end number one on the all-genre Billboard 200 since the list began publishing on a regular weekly basis in 1956. Uh, The only other country albums to be the year-end number one on the Billboard 200 are Taylor Swift's Fearless in 2009, Carrie Underwood's Some Hearts in 2006, and Garth Brooks' 
Rope in the Wind in 1992. It feels worth noting just because we've been mentioning it in our articles about this. But, uh, you know, Morgan Wallen very notably had a uh, huge controversy earlier this year where he was caught on video using the N word. And while a lot of us know about that and know about him subsequently being, you know, barred from attending awards shows or being ineligible to receive awards, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, on the Billboard charts, this is just people buying and consuming the music. So his popularity didn't necessarily wane, even though radio wasn't playing him and he wasn't on these award shows. So um, it's interesting to just look at these numbers and it doesn't really, I mean, like it just speaks to what people are listening to regardless of, you know, headlines that might be around about the, that person. Yeah. I mean, in fact, uh, his album, uh, the, the uh, sort of, uh, the the news of uh, the video emerging of him using the n-word came out when the album was in its fourth week at number one on the billboard 200 and the album continued to rack up weeks at number one six more weeks so anywho um moving on to the billboard hot 100 songs chart Dua Lipa's Levitating triumphs as the year-end number one on the Hot 100, following its record-breaking run on the weekly ranking of the Hot 100. Levitating debuted on the Hot 100 dated October 17th, 2020, and peaked at number two in May of 2021. The song ranked in the Hot 100's top 40 each week of the 2021 chart year, with 41 of those weeks in the top 10 a record for a song by a woman. And overall, only one song has spent more weeks in the top 10, and that's The Weeknd's Blinding Lights with 57 mm-hmm. weeks in the top 10. Which we now know is the all-time greatest Hot 100 hit of all... Of, I was going to say all-time greatest of all time, but you know what I mean. Check, check, back in so. a few, check back in a few years, and maybe Levitating will be the... the maybe it'll be Levitating. Maybe it'll be Levitating. Uh, well, the persistence... <laughs> The persistent performance of Levitating paid off as it's only the third song to be crowned the Hot 100's year-end number one hit without having reached number one on the weekly Hot 100 ranking. Since the chart began in August of 1958, a non-weekly number one previously won for the entire year only in the years 2000 and 2001 when Faith Hill's Breathe and Lifehouse's Hanging by a Moment were the biggest hits of each respective year, and both tracks peaked at number two on the Hot 100, Hot 100, just like Levitating did. I feel like that's actually like a really apt analogy. All three of those songs are just those songs that like are inescapable on radio, are just there for a long time. It, it, it doesn't necessarily like they might not ever have been number one, but that doesn't make them any less of just massive hit songs that are very memorable from that year. Yeah. Uh, the year in number one on the Hot 100 songs chart is by a lead female artist for the first time in a decade since Adele's Rolling in the Deep reigned in 2011. And to be fair, the last year in number one to credit a female artist at all was 2012's Somebody That I Used to Know, which was by Gautier as the lead artist, a solo male artist, and it featured Kimbra as the featured artist, and Kimbra is a solo female artist. For all of Billboard's hundreds and hundreds of year-end charts, make sure to visit billboard.com slash charts slash year dash end. We need a more simpler 
URL next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, you can leave this on or not, but you know the the SEO around that is good, so it's probably just going to stay that. Oh, way okay, forever. well, fine, never mind. <laughs> and now it's time for our interview with Dua Lipa. Last week, the pop star claimed Billboard's number one Hot 100 song of 2021 with Levitating. So we got her on the phone to talk all about the absolutely unstoppable hit song and what it's like to see the song and her March 2020 album, Future Nostalgia, keep finding new fans more than a year and a half later. Speaking of which, we also chatted about finally touring around her sophomore album, her hit collab with Elton John on Cold Heart, and her new Service 95 venture, which includes a newsletter and podcast, because she's got a lot of spare time on her hands. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, we all saw those pictures of Dua in the studio that she posted on Instagram. So does that mean new music could be on the way? Well, just listen to our brand new interview with Dua Lipa to find out right now. I got you. Hello to Dua Lipa and welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, of course. You know, it's been a, it's been a minute to us since you were last on the podcast. Uh, you were actually last on the show in April of 2020, right after the Future Nostalgia album had come out. And since then, it's been hit after hit. Grammy Awards, Brit Awards, the amazing Studio 2054 live stream. Um, and all of this was done while trying to navigate the challenges of, you know, working through a pandemic. And now we are at the end of 2021 and we want to be the first to congratulate you, Dua, on having the number one song of the year on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with Levitating. Yay. Oh, thank you. It is just so exciting. Thank you so much. That was that was um just very sweet of you to say. And it's 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 nice after you know you work so hard, especially despite the pandemic happening and you know, trying to figure out new ways to keep the music going, even you know, when you've got limited resources. Um so it means a lot to me. Thank you. And and levitating, just doing its thing on the Billboard chart is absolutely surreal. I mean, that song has really taken a whole life of its own. And it's been my baby for so long. Um, and to have it out in the world and, and for people's response to be the way that it is, it's just, it's absolutely mind-blowing to me. So I'm I'm really, really, really grateful for it all. It's it's still on the Hot 100 chart this week, Dua. It's not going away. Um, uh, I oh also... My God. <laughs> it'll be come December of next year. We'll be talking about this again. I'm sure. Um, I also want to add that levitating is deep breath. Also number one on billboards year end 2021. You ready? Global 200 radio songs, streaming songs, pop airplay, adult pop airplay, and even the billboard Canadian hot 100 charts. So there you go. <laughs> That's a lot. That is mad. That's mad. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, really, it's 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 the fans and um, you know everybody that that's just been listening to it and really just making it their own. So I'm I'm really proud of that. You know, I've always wanted my songs to kind of find a home with different people. So I'm I'm happy that song did that for sure. 
Um, you know, in addition to levitating right now, you have a hit that is very nearly in the top 10 of the Hot 100. That's Cold Heart with Elton John. Now, I'm sure working with a legend like Elton is probably reward enough, but this song is also a massive hit. Have you talked to Elton at all about the longevity of this song and why it seems to be resonating with such a huge audience around the world? Well, I mean, the song in itself, the remix are two incredible songs, you know, that that already did the rounds on the charts that people love and already know and to put a very modern twist on it um with the remix and him so kindly asking me to sing alongside him um is also I think it's just a testament of how an artist like Elton can really just kind of um as a musician just be able to live through so many decades of music and constantly reinvent himself and create something really special and unique. And he has such a massive love for artists and championing new artists and young artists. And he's, you know, he's, he's incredible like that. And so I feel like, um, it was a very natural collaboration, but the reason I think it, it works, it's because it's just got a lot of love in it and a lot of soul and spirit. And I think sometimes when you hear a song like that, you can, you can tell. And we got to see you and Elton perform together at his Oscars party earlier this year. But do you think that maybe someday we could see a, a Cold Heart live performance with the two of you? Oh, maybe, maybe. I would absolutely <laughs> love to do um, a Cold Heart performance with Elton. Absolutely. It'd be a dream for me. All right. We'll cross our fingers for that. Um, you also, <laughs> you recently announced that in early 2022, you're going to be launching your very own newsletter and podcast. So you will also be a podcast host, just like me and Keith, right? Yes. Same exact thing. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. So we've read that the newsletter, which is called Service 95, is going to be a mm -hmm. style, culture, and society concierge service. So what does this all mean? Tell us what fans can expect from this newsletter. So it's going to be a newsletter where for, for the longest time I've been making lists when I'm traveling, when I'm doing stuff at home, whether it's like my favorite restaurants, places to go, artists to see, plays to watch, you know, movies, books to read, um, you know, interesting ways to kind of get involved in activism. And so this kind of newsletter encapsulates all of those things put together, um, has really exciting news stories, things that I feel like you wouldn't really hear or read elsewhere it kind of challenges perspectives it's got very interesting um concepts weekly we're gonna um put very different stories i want to make activism accessible for people that do want to get involved and help um that's something that's really important to me so being able to kind of break the barrier there create content that's really easy to to follow that could help in whatever way and also just shine a light on artists and designers and you know musicians and all kinds of people in the in the creative field and it's it's really just of being of service and also just telling you about the most banging restaurants all over the world because that is what I love best <laughs> and um the podcast is titled at your service now how is this going to work how are you going to be uh you know recording a podcast as a globetrotting pop star like when do you squeeze that in well, um, You're like good question. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm good at timekeeping, so I will, you know, I'll always figure it out. I think um, my mornings, I can always work around that. You know, it's a, it's a work in process, but so far it's been good. I've I've started the 
the recording process, which has been really fun. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's just a, you know, completely different thing for me. And I've loved diving in and doing research about my guests and learning so much in, in so, like in so much depth and, um, trying to create a conversation that's also just going to be really helpful for, for people who are listening. There's going to be that kind of, you know, that constant thing about being of service of people kind of understanding. I think it's kind of that realization that we're all really human, you know, and the things that we want to see, the things that we see in each other, you know, our perspectives and what they are and how they can change and shift. And, um, I think talking to people like friends will kind of open, open everybody's kind of perspective up a little bit. And I think that's, that's going to be, um, really special. I think, um, Katie, before I move on to the next question, I was just going to say, I think it'll be really fun to, uh, for people to maybe get to know you, um, through a podcast, you know, maybe they don't get to sort of hear you, you sort of talk at length or get to know your personality. And I think this will be a wonderful way for people to get to know you in a different way outside of being, you know, a pop star. So that'll be really fun too. You think? Yeah, I think so too. I'm still like getting in the swing of it, of just like, you know, learning to interview someone and, and, you know, that whole process of not being dead and just letting it be a conversation, but it's been, it's been really, really fun. And I feel like speaking to different people about their experiences, there have been so many moments where I really had a lot to say as well, you know, about my experience and how I felt. And it's, it's really been therapeutic as well to, to see and hear people's experiences and feel like a relatability there and something that I can connect to as well. And it's, it's just been a beautiful experience so far. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more. Well, amazing. I look forward to subscribing to yet another podcast, but of course it's from, hey. someone, I, it's from someone I really, really like. So it'll be fun. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, also somehow at the same time, you know, you'll also be hitting the road uh, on tour starting in February in Miami Yay. Yay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and continuing on at least with so far announced dates through November of 2022. Katie and I both watched your studio 2054 live stream virtually together. Uh, we were texting one another as we were watching the show. Um, so is it safe to say that maybe that the live stream was kind of a teaser of what we can expect on the road or, or, or what can we expect on the road for that matter? I think I think it's safe to say that Studio 2054 was a teaser, a light teaser of what you're going <laughs> to see on the road. Hmm. Well, then, so, uh, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's all I can reveal. I mean, technically, so, you can so reveal excited. more. <laughs> we're so excited to get a tour around future nostalgia though because obviously we're talking about an album whose first single came out you know more than two years ago and yeah. the fact that i mean obviously a pandemic sort of got in the way but um the fact that you are getting to finally tour these songs and people can dance to these songs and party to these songs is like such a huge full circle moment i'm sure for you it's yeah it is really really um crazy because i'm just like i can't believe that well my album will be out two years in March so like one month after I start my tour and it's just crazy to think that I've never really fully performed these songs but you know Studio 2054 so it's it's really exciting but also to think how much the whole the whole tour and the set list has has changed from what it was gonna be when I was initially meant to start it and now I feel like I've done all this audience research <laughs> and now I know exactly what my set list should be. So it's, um, 
it's been it's been really helpful, but also such a very like a very very new um, way of of doing things. Definitely, before I was guessing like what people would like and what should be at the end, and you know that kind of thing. So. It's been a two a two year focus group, basically. Yeah, it's been exactly. So, lastly, um, you have teased occasionally on Instagram some photos of you in the studio, seemingly maybe working on some new music. And you recently shared a photo of you with both Watt and Ali Tamposi. So, we are very excited to know: Are you <laughs> maybe potentially actively working on some new music right now? Maybe potentially actively working on some new music. Yes. <laughs> that is very thrilling. I'm sure you can tell us absolutely nothing, but how have those yeah, studio? I can, tell you, I can <laughs> tell you absolutely nothing, but it's, it's, um, I'm really excited. I feel so at home, you know, in the studio, there's nowhere I would rather be. Um, so during this time that I've been at home in London, it's just been amazing to get in and write and experiment and try new things and, um, it's just been, it's been, it's been wonderful. And I'm very excited for, for new music. Yeah. Ah, as are we, it's a perfect note to leave on. So thank you so much duo. We're looking forward to the newsletter, the podcast, the tour, and congratulations again on Levitating's just massive success this year. Thank you so much. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for thank having you. me back on your show. Anytime. Um, always. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. And hopefully next time we can do it in person. Yeah. Perfect. Let's do that. Thank you so much to Dua for coming back on the Pop Shop. This was actually Dua's fourth time on the show, Keith. Which somehow, which when I when I when I was when I was proofing this earlier, I'm like, no, that that's 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 a mis that's a misprint. And then I went back nope. and looked. I'm like, no, this really is the fourth time. And the reason I didn't remember is because one of those interviews one I of wasn't them was there for. Just mine. Yeah. yeah. The the second time we interviewed her, it was just me at the Grammy Museum backstage. And the first time, though, was back in February of 2017. And the interview might have even happened in January that year. Um, it was before she'd released her first album in June 2017, before, you know, New Rules came out on that album, which is the breakout hit that really made the world fall in love with her. And it's just been like crazy cool to see her career absolutely skyrocket since then. It maybe levitate is the right word for it, actually. Um, yeah, so thank you again to like continuing to come back because we love chatting with you. Yes, uh, uh, thank you, Dua, for, for always uh, uh, always uh, putting up with us. And, <laughs> yeah. um, I, and, it's, and she's, she's come so far from you know, coming into our conference room <laughs> yeah. back in... I listened to a bit of that interview today. Is <laughs> it it's fun? Like, yeah, it is fun because it's just like, I mean we're probably wildly casual because we have no idea who she is at that point. You know, like she's just, like, we knew her, we knew her music, but like, you know, it's not, it, it's cool to be able to talk to somebody like that before they like reach these heights. Okay. So now it's time for the chart stat of the week. It's actually just another quiz, Katie. Ah, of course. Um, hopefully, <laughs> I don't know if maybe Katie hasn't read this far ahead, but I actually haven't. So, um, so in light of the fact that we were talking about uh, the year end number one on the Hot 100 chart and, you know, our interview this week is with the artist who has that number one levitating. I thought it'd be fun to play a quiz, Katie, about which of these hits was not a year end number one Ooh. on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart. Okay, okay. So, here are your choices. 
we have The Beatles, Hey Jude, Madonna, Like a Virgin, Nickelback, How You Remind Me, and Drake, God's Plan. And I will say that all of these hit number one on the weekly version of the Hot 100, but only one of them was not a year-end number one on the Hot 100. I might surprise people by... my, my I'm narrowing it down to the... I would arguably the two most iconic artists on this list, and that would be the Beatles and Madonna, specifically with like, hey, Jude, and like a virgin for God's sakes. But I feel like my if my recent memory serves me, I think those other two might have have ended at number one. So that's why I'm going between those two. And I'm going to pick. Like a virgin. You are correct, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> like a Virgin was the number two song of 1985. What was number one? Was it a Michael Jackson song? Uh, no, that was in between projects for him. The number okay. one song of 1985 was Careless Whisper, credited to Wham, featuring George Michael. Okay, now if you had done a quiz, Katie, where you had me side by side choose which of those were number one that year, I would have chosen Like a Virgin against Careless Whisper. That's wild. So just to recap, Hey Jude was the number one song of 1968. How You Remind Me was the number one song of 2002. And God's Plan was the number one song of 2018. Um, all right, so there's your chart side of the week. Just a little quiz, Katie, on uh, previous year-end Hot 100 number one hits. Hey! Yay, all right, we finally got it right. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Um... Any parting words? Oh, um, I'm just uh, super excited for uh, for Dua and so excited that we got a chance to chat with her again. And uh, yeah, the year end charts are always fun. So that was a good. Good show. Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, what what <laughs> what songs should we go out on? One, maybe one of those year end number ones or maybe maybe your mm. favorite year end number one of the past. Oh, goodness. Like I could remember things like that. Maybe you could just like name one and I could just say if it was or wasn't. Can I? What if I just give you a year and you tell me what what the song was? Can um, I do that? It, can you pull up the spreadsheet? Yeah, you can do that. All right. So why don't we go with like the Pick year I was year. a senior in high school, like 1999? Well, that's a good one because that was Believe by Cher. Oh, that is a good one. I was thinking maybe I'd get a boy band, but maybe I should have gone to 2000 for that. Um. Well, I... You want to have an honorary? You can have an honorary. You can do this instead. The year-end number one album on the Billboard 200 of 1999 was Backstreet Boys' Millennium. Oh, of course it was. Would you want to do a song for Millennium instead? Oh, well, no, I love Shares Believe. Why am I denying the people believe? Yeah, <laughs> why are you? That's the year I picked. I should not change that. We will go out on <laughs> Believe, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.